0: be taken from Mark chapter 16 beginning with verse 15 and 16 and uh, this is Jesus after he has appeared to his apostles and he says to them go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now the subject of baptism is uh, a major issue among the religious community and uh, the Apostle Paul in writing to Timothy and and, uh, mentioned that he was to rightly divide the word of truth. That means that we are to look at what God says because the Bible is the word of God and his word is truth. And it is his word that we find life, for there is no other who can give us life. There are no philosophies, there's no people or men in this world or women who can can give us words of life, but Jesus does. And those words of life are his are the Bible. And the Bible is true. So in our understanding and our study, we pay attention to what God has said to us. And, of course, history has shown that um, as human beings, we are not willing to stay focused with what God says. We're wanting to alter. We think that we can be smarter and, and understand things differently than other people. And, and so, and even from the very beginning, and Paul writes as well to Timothy as Peter does, about false prophets and about those who try to change what God has said. So it's important that we are good students of the word of God, that we pay attention, that we listen, and that we get the uh, information that we need to know what God wants and expects from us. And the reality is that it's very simple. The Bible is not a complex book. And you have to spend some time reading it and working on it. You know some of you may have a degree in physics, and uh, when you probably first started, it took you a while to figure out all the terminology and all the things about it and and you became a uh, you know proficient in in your knowledge of physics and, and uh, the same always holds true of anything. The more you study, the more you learn, the more you see. And that's what we want to think about. And but baptism is somehow or another become a uh, disputed term and a a disputed activity uh, that religious groups are saying. Uh, Many of them relegate baptism to a different category. And if you're dealing with theologians, they like to pull things out of the scriptures and put them into a different category. And baptism and communion are two of those things that they put over here on the side and say, when we're ready to do that, we'll do that. Uh, but so we want to look at this. A few years ago, I uh, did a little study. And I uh, got a, a Bible app called Esword. And one of the things I like about it is that you can go in and put in a word in a search. So you go and put baptism in and, tell it to search in the New Testament and it'll go out there and find all the words where baptism is used or baptized uh, are also used. And uh, it gives you a whole list. And then you can save that list and put it in, in your Word document and you've got a whole list. And that's exactly what I've done. Uh, so yes, I've got a list that we're gonna go through of all the scriptures that use the word baptism or baptized. And I've, so far, I've come up with 64. So what I want you to see is that this is not something that can be pushed aside. It's a major part of God's teaching and expectation for us. And so that's what we want to look at. There are three words in the New Testament that are translated. Uh, baptism, Baptist, baptized. Baptist is usually used uh, exclusively for uh, for John, because John came uh, proclaiming that the kingdom of the Lord is at hand and he was calling upon people to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of that. And uh, John did that preaching. And our, our text uh, actually uh, uh, gets into to that there. And uh, so there's three basic words that we, we find. You don't have to be a Greek scholar. You can use the Bible software and it'll show you what those Greek words are and tell you what, what they mean. There's plenty of stuff that gives you that information. But what's interesting, baptism involves water. We are immersed in water. And that's what the word means, is to, to dip or to plunge or submerse um, And it's something that actually goes back to the Old Testament. Uh, So think about water. The first big one that we get is the flood. And Peter uh, talks about the fact that uh, baptism uh, is what Noah went through was a baptism in the water of salvation. So he had the water there, and uh, then uh, time of Moses uh, we had the Red Sea that was parted and uh, that was referred to as a a baptism Uh, they didn't go in the water but the water was pushed back was a part of it and uh, when God gave uh, Moses the directions for the building of the tabernacle and then for the requirements of those who will be serving what they are to do. And one of the major things that they had to do was to cleanse themselves before they went to work. So when they went to the temple to work, then they had to go into where they were basically went down in the water and came back up to rinse their bodies. Um, their archaeologists have found what they call a, a, a mispa, which is basically a, a pool of water. Uh, 124 of them around uh, the temple that they found and this is the places where when those who were coming not just the priests but others who were coming with a sacrifice that they were required to cleanse themselves they would go down into this pool and then come back up in most cases you just you know steps down and steps up and uh, so that you know this is something that you know the, Israels, the Jews knew and were part of. And so the washing, the cleansing uh, through water was an important part of the work to be doing in the temple in worship to God. And so water plays an important role. So when we come to John the Immerser, uh, he has been given a specific message to take. He is the one to prepare the way for the coming of Christ for the coming of the kingdom uh, prophesied in the Old Testament that this would be taking place and so John is uh, becoming our first one that we look at here now these are the scriptures I don't know how well they, how big they are here okay you can read that um, but the first one that I came across Matthew 3 verse 7 and. Uh, this is with John the Immerser and there was a group of uh, Pharisees and Sadducees that were coming to his baptism and of course he uh, speaks against them you brood of vipers who warns you to flee from the wrath to come they were coming not to be baptized but to check him out and uh, then uh, Jesus in Matthew twenty-one, twenty-five, the baptism of John from where did it come? Uh, John, Jesus was challenged by the Jewish leadership, by what authority he did the things that he was doing. And so he asked them a question. This is a key thing to remember when somebody wants to challenge you on something and they ask you to give them something. Ask them to give you an answer to a question first. And Jesus does that. Where did it come from? Did it come from heaven or from man? Is this something that God gave to us or is this just a man-made uh, tradition that has no value whatsoever? And of course, uh, being deceitful, knowing that this was a trap for them, knowing that they uh, couldn't answer because if they say from heaven, he will say, well, then why do you not believe? Uh, if you say that, uh, you know, anything else, uh, you're gonna get in trouble too. So their answer is that they just kind of shrugged their shoulders and says, we don't know. Cop out. So the baptism of John, that's from God. That's the commandment that God gave to John in that message that he was to take to the people. And he did. And he had multitudes who came to him in the River Jordan. And they were baptized by John. So verse March, Mark. 1-4, 1-4, John appeared baptizing the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A washing of your sins, turning away from that sinful life, turning back to God, and receiving the forgiveness of your sins. Mark ten thirty eight. Jesus said to them, do you not know what you're asking? Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Now, Jesus is referring to what he's going to experience uh, as, our, as he becomes our savior. And this is talking to the apostles. Uh, verse 39 of that, they say, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. Now he's using the word here, not necessarily of water, but of the baptism of the challenges that they're going to face as they take the gospel message to those around them. They're going to be overwhelmed by this, and this will be their major job, and they are able to do that just as we are able today to proclaim the word of God and to teach his word and his truth and his message of salvation. If you need to understand one thing, the purpose of Christ's coming was to save the world. Uh, When Mary talked with the angel and it says that he will save his people from their sins, he is the savior. Jesus said uh, to those who were fussing about in meeting with the tax collectors and the other sinful people, uh, Jesus said, I came not to those who did not need help, but I came to those who need help, those who need to be saved. And the message of the New Testament is one of salvation. It's not one of sinfulness because there is a cure for our sins. And it is what Christ purchased for us. And so we're not looking to sins anymore. We're looking to spread the message of salvation. Regardless of the sinfulness of anyone in this world, that message, that good news is available for anyone who is willing to listen and to learn and respond to. So salvation is our message. It's a message that comes out of the love of God for us demonstrated by all that God did, particularly through Jesus, and his willingness to come and to die for us and pay that debt that we owe. Mark eleven thirty Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And of course the answer is it was from heaven. It was from God. Luke three three and he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin and this is John the immerser Luke 7:29 when all the people heard this and the tax collectors too they declared God just having been baptized with the baptism of John Luke 12:50 I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it is accomplished luke twenty verse four. Was the baptism of John from heaven or man? Again the question, and from answer is from from heaven. acts one twenty two beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. Now, many of these apostles who followed after Jesus, were originally followers of John and they were baptized by him. You yourselves know, Acts 10.37, what happened throughout all Judea beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. Before his coming, Acts 13.24, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Acts 18.25, He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And here is, I think, uh, when Paul and Emma came across some individuals who, who were proclaiming the word of God, who were understood, and they only knew Well, I think this is the one that Paul, that they only knew the message of John, and he encouraged them to be baptized in the name of Christ. Acts 19, 3, uh, into what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with baptism of repentance. Tell the people to believe in the one who is to come, that is, Jesus. And so they did. Uh, The book of Acts is important to look at, um, not just because it talks about baptism, but it talks about salvation. It gives us many examples of the message of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, That is a a message that goes throughout the book and all the different, you know, illustrations or the, the, the real life events that took place where various people obeyed the gospel. Uh, Acts 2, the sermon that Peter preached, resulted in 3,000 obeying the gospel. And afterwards, many were added, another 5,000 people, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. People obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, following instructions given to them by God and from Christ. And so you can go through the book of Acts, and as you study, you will see those events taking place, and they also help to confirm what God is wanting us to hear and to do. Uh, Romans 6, verse 4, a major, major verse here. We were, re- we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Here Paul is describing for us that our salvation follows the example of Jesus who died upon the cross and was buried and then was resurrected on the third day. And so baptism is a part of representing that. So we were baptized. We are baptized, immersed in the water, buried because we've put to death the old man of sin. And we arise a new creature from that burial in that water. And we now rise a spiritual being, a new creature. We're now a follower of Christ, a follower of God. We have joined his family, become a part of that family because we have washed away our sins by the blood of Christ, and we are now walk with him. Paul in Ephesians 4 5 says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's not many baptisms, uh, just one. And that one is important. And it's required. Uh, Colossians two twelve, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Having been buried with him in baptism, just as Christ was buried, so we also rise through faith with him in what God has given us to do. First uh, Peter 3:21. Baptism now corresponds to this; now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here, Peter is actually referring back to Noah and the flood, and how they were saved. And he says, "Baptism is like this; corresponds to." the salvation of Noah and his family in the ark, uh, it now saves us. It saves us. Not an act of just taking a bath and getting rid of the dirt, but appealing to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the words baptism. These are the verses that give us that. And I think you can begin to see that Baptism is an important part of the relationship with God. We cannot come before God if we have not obeyed the Gospel, but when we obey the gospel through having heard the Word of God, believing that Word, confessing that Word, confessing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, as john says in in his writings that these that we might, receive eternal life and through repentance and then being buried in that watery grave to wash away our sins as Paul is told to rise and wash away your sins so you see the importance of baptism in what God wants from us and that's why we have this pool of water up here so that if anyone wants to obey the gospel. And we had a young lady yesterday that did obey the gospel. And uh, so we're prepared for that. And because it's essential, it's important. It's how we get to God. It's how we become a part of God, by being baptized, to wash away our sins, to be cleansed by that water. There's no power in the water. The power is in our faith, to obey and to seek after God in our life. Now the other words they are cha- trained, I forget there, uh, the word baptized. Uh, That's a variation of that. And again, it means basically the same thing as we see to, to dip or to submerse. Um, and uh, so this is about being baptized. It's more of a verb action than it is a noun. In uh, Matthew 3, 6, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. Uh, this is the ones that John was teaching the Jews, confessing their sins. And So here, John is the river Jordan, and he is immersing people in the water. He's not sprinkling water on them or pouring them on there. He's put him into the water, and they're coming back up, confessing their sins. Uh, Jesus came from Galilee to to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. Let me move this to the next slide. um, uh, And uh, Jesus, or John, having seen Jesus come there to be baptized by him, John didn't want to do this. He said, I I need to be baptized by you, and, and do you come to me? And when Jesus was baptized, immediately, he went up from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Now one of the questions that comes up is uh, well Jesus wasn't sinful why, do, why did he have to be baptized? Or why would he want to be baptized? What's the reason for him being baptized? And there's a lot of speculation. Uh, the one thought that I I like about this is that Jesus is to be our high priest and the high priest before he can begin his work he must cleanse himself Jesus is going to be our high priest and I view this from that standpoint that this was being done because he is now our high priest and he has cleansed himself to be able to accomplish and to do that task. And that's the main one that I like because it fits to me the very fact that he's a priest. He's our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so he was in preparation for that. Okay. Uh, Mark 1.5 And... All the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now the Jews who are responding here, I mean, they're coming in in large numbers. The message of John is presenting to them and what he is asking them to do, they are embracing that and they are, changing their lives, and they're responding to this. And they were coming from Judea and Jerusalem uh, to where he was at the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Mark 1.8, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we see that baptism occurring on the day of Pentecost with the apostles when the Spirit of God comes upon the apostles and they began proclaiming. The good news. In those days, Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee was baptized by John in the Jordan. Um, Mark 1, 9. Mark 10, 38. Jesus said, to Do you not know what you are asking? Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. Now you see the, some of these repeating from the different uh, Gospels but really the same idea that's going on there. And, of course, the response again from uh, the disciples, the followers, the apostles, uh, verse 39, we are able, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And that's our verse we read. Uh, And that seems to confuse a lot of people. You know. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So if you believe. And you respond. And you were baptized. You will be saved. But the one who does not believe. Will be condemned. Which sounds pretty simple. If you do this. You'll be saved. If you don't do it you're not going to be saved. You know, if you're on a a cruise and the the ship that you're on begins to take water and and to, uh, you know, like the Titanic, you know, if somebody says, here, take this life raft, this buoy, and get into the water, and you'll be saved. You won't die. But if you don't, you know, you will die. Very simple math issue here uh, that we follow. Luke 3, verse 7, and he said, therefore the crowds that came to be baptized by him, we saw this also in Matthew, you brood of vipers, uh, who warned you to flee the wrath to come. Luke 3, 12, tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? Luke 3, 21, and when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open. And again, this goes back to uh, when Jesus was baptized and the heavens opened and God says, this is my beloved son. Luke seven, verse nine, verse 29, when all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just having been baptized with the baptism of John. Luke seven, 30, and the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Now the Pharisees and the lawyers uh, refused to be baptized they thought it wasn't, it it had no value even though this is what John was encouraging them to do, they would not do this John 3, 23, John was also baptizing at Anon and Salem because water was plentiful there and people were coming and being baptized Uh, That gives you an indication that Baptism requires a little bit more water than, you know, taking the water hose and spraying it over you. Uh, they're going down, being plunged into that water. Um, Acts 1, five, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Uh, Acts 2.38 Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now this is Peter's response to that very first sermon about Christ and about salvation and a very powerful sermon that Peter gave to us and when the audience understood what Peter just said to them. These were devout men who had came, this was on the day of Pentecost and they had come for the Passover and they were there for the Pentecost for these were two major events. So they were devout men, they were followers of God. Uh, they were not against God and they get the message that the Messiah that you were looking for, this Messiah that was prophesied by God, the Messiah that uh, the Old Testament is just full of all of the information about what is coming with, with God's salvation, the king who was to sit upon David's throne, the Messiah who was to be the savior and to save them, uh, all these things from the Old Testament are being fulfilled. And the one, the Messiah who came, you rejected. You put him to death upon the cross. And so, you know, when you believe in God and believe in the coming of the Messiah and you're a devout, you're a follower, and you realize that what you just did, the one you were looking for, the one you knew was going to be coming, when he came, you turned your back on him. You killed him. And you did not accept him. And they were pricked to their hearts. I mean, imagine the emotion that you go through when you just realize that you had the Son of God in your midst, you had the Messiah in front of you, and he truly was the Messiah. And so they were pricked in their hearts, and they asked, what shall we do? And Peter gives them the response. He says, repent. Repent means you turn in a different direction. You confess your sins. You turn away from your sinful life. And then you are to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here is the instructions that Peter gives to that first crowd that was there. This is the instructions that the 3,000 and those afterwards followed. They repented, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And this is the message that would continue to be preached uh, throughout the book of Acts and throughout the writings of the New Testament books that uh, here is what you need to do. And this is important. This is what puts you in the right place with God. Uh, Acts 8, 12. We come across uh, Philip. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 13. Even Simon himself believed. And being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed he was amazed, verse 16, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this comes from, uh, from Samaria. Uh, Philip had gone up there, and many had the word had been preached up there, and many responded. And if you remember, Samaria is where, in John 4, Jesus went to the well and there met a woman from Samaria and he asked of her a drink of water. And if you looked at the story as it goes forward, actually it's a it's a good verse to look at to learn how to teach properly the Word of God. And you see Jesus puts forth a question would you get me something to drink? Now, it was the custom in that day and time to show hospitality, even to strangers. And so, if you have somebody that you come into presence with, then they will offer you something to drink. And this is a little bit what Jesus did, was, would you give me something to drink? Now, she is coming with hesitancy, because she is a Samaritan. She is what they call a half-breed in that day and time. They had married among the Gentiles, and and the Jews did not like them. There was a hatred that went on. And if you were traveling from Jerusalem to uh, up to Nazareth, Caesarea, up that way, uh, you know, we say the quickest route there is a straight route. But the Jews refused to go through Samaria. Even though it was closer and would not take as long and probably a better journey, they would not go there. They would take the long road around to get to it. And of course, Jesus surprised his apostles on this event that uh, we're going back up there to Caesarea and and this is the way we're gonna go through Samaria. And the reason he wanted to go was because he had an appointment already to talk to this woman at the well in Samaria. And his apostles were, I think, somewhat surprised and a little unwilling themselves, but yet they're going to follow him. And so Jesus goes to this well, sits down. He's been a long journey. I mean, they're walking. They're not, uh, they don't have car to drive to get up there. So they had to walk through the hot sun and the dirt and up on the ground. And, and so he'd be tired pretty quickly. So he's probably uh, under the shade. There's probably s- something over the roof of that well. And he's waiting. And this woman comes up to the well to pull water to take back with her. And uh, a lot of questions are asked about her, a lot of things said. Uh, Eric Owens uh, did a sermon on this recent some years back, and he said, "I think I may need to apologize to that woman if I betrayed her, uh, because we have a, we don't have a whole lot of information. But we try to you know ex- you know extract from that maybe a, an idea of what's going on, and uh, you know one she's coming middle of noon, which is sun's up high." and it's going to be a lot hotter in the day. And, you know, a jug of water is going to be pretty heavy. You know, you you get a gallon of water and it's, it's got some weight to it. So they said that she came because, you know, this was, she came because we think that because that she went when all the other women in town went that they did not like her they didn't want to be around her and they harassed her possibly so she came when nobody else was there in the middle of the day and that's a possibility but we don't have that knowledge to say that Uh, and she begins a conversation, when Jesus asked the question, she begins a conversation and said, first of all, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a, a woman of Samaria for water, for something to drink? And you don't have anything yourself to, to get it with. And then, of course, he says, well, if you knew who it was that asked ask you, you would ask for him for living water. And she said, OK, I'd like that. And the conversation goes on, and, and uh, she says, OK, uh, go ask your husband and, and bring him here, and, and I'll give you the water. And she says, well, I can't do that. And he said, well, it's, you know, because you've been married five times, and you're now living with someone. And that got her attention. She realized that he was a prophet. And she says, we know that when the Messiah comes, and here's something that Jesus did, is that he said, I am the Messiah. That's the first person he ever said that to. And that piqued her interest and she suddenly realized that he was, and she ran back to tell everybody else in the town that the messiah was there and yes she seemed to be accepted they all believed her message and responded to it and jesus wound up spending a couple of days there in samaria with the people there so when philip came groundwork has already been laid and that's why jesus went to samaria and why he met that woman at the well she brought the message to the people of Samaria, and they got to know him. So it's a you know, pretty important thing, a message that gives. Okay. So the people, when Philip preached the good news, I can't really see the clock. We had 15 till... Um, He, many, both men and women were baptized Simon himself who was a, a, a magician that uh, did a lot of things and he was baptized and uh, Acts 8:16, 16 uh, about this is another situation where had they received the spirit of God uh, and uh, you know since they were b- baptized also we have Acts 8 uh, the Ethiopian eunuch uh, who was Philip taught, and he says, Here is water. What does Henry be baptized? Uh, he, he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down in the water, and the eunuch baptized him, indicating again that baptism is an immersion, uh, wasn't a sprinkling. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ when they were asked to remain for some days. So, what I want you to see is, you know, baptism. 64 times the word baptism or baptized occurs in the New Testament. It's not obscure, it's not over here by itself, but it is the major commandment of God that we need to pay attention to. Because this is where we, as Acts, as Acts Paul says in Romans 6, that we are baptized into Christ. Just as he died, we are go through this burial we are buried, and we arise up out of that water a new creature, and we walk with God, and we live for him. So I hope this will be helpful to you. Uh, let's close with a prayer. Our Father, we, we love you, and we know that you love us. You have given us your word that we may know your message, that we may know the truth, that you give to us open our eyes and our mind that we might see and understand the things that you teach us so that we not only can live them but we can also teach to others the way of salvation and to be able to know you and to live with you and live for you father bless this day as we worship you in jesus name we pray amen